Welcome to Let's Talk. Here we will focus on the hustle, the juggle, and everyday struggle of small business. We will be here every week talking to small business owners about their everyday struggles, stresses, and ways they have been able to overcome the challenges of running their business. We welcome questions and comments, so please feel free to email us at admin at plemonscpa.com. We hope you enjoy, and above all, we hope it helps. Welcome to our show today. We have as our co-host, Chris Haw. I'm Thalia Williams. Welcome to the Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business. Today in our studio, we have the honor and privilege of having the owner of David B. Plemons CPA, Inc. in the house to talk about his portion of the Business 5 Support Pillar. Welcome, David. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm just so glad you didn't call it the hot seat because that would have made him even more nervous. I didn't have to. You did, Chris, already. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Oh, he can hear me talk too? Yeah, he can hear you. (laughs) I do do have seat warmers in my car. Well, that's good in your car. We don't want them in here. Yeah. It seems like we've interviewed everyone else from the Power Five and it was, it's just so nice to be able to have you in the studio. So, because I, I don't, I don't think it's any, any, um, secret that I hold your profession in extremely high regard when it comes to managing business owners and and money in general. So thank you for taking the time out of your day. I know this is about to get to be your really, really busy season. And there's a common misconception that CPAs only work, you know, four months out of the year. But I know after having worked with you for a little while on several different clients that 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 is far far from the truth especially in years like last year i think the truth is we only work 14 months i see that's that's absolutely (laughs) understandable uh, i know that you're you're probably constantly wishing you had at least two more months at ever at the end of every year to get accomplished what you want to do well this last year was so strange anyway the what we call the tax season didn't it was like a 12 month tax season almost it was a, a grind yeah, and they, they, the IRS and the federal government were nice enough to not let you know that they were going to extend or postpone anything until, what, about 30, maybe 45 days prior to the deadline? Something like that. So. <laughs> They'll probably do it again this year would be my guess. So. We're, we're going to jump right in. So I don't want to waste any time for the time that we have with you. So can you tell us a little bit more about uh, one of the things I wanted to invite you here to talk about is – some of the different roles that you play. So anytime there's a dollar sign attached to any situation that has to do with a business owner, I always say the first, uh, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end is going to start with a CPA. So much so that I have steered my financial planning practice to pretty much all of my initial meetings. If I don't know the CPA are going to be meeting with the CPA because they are going to be the person who signs off on those things. So what are some of the things that your business from a high-level standpoint, we, we don't have to take the entire hour, but to just talk about the different areas that you focus on as a CPA? Okay. If you think about as a, a business owner, how many decisions do you make every day? And then think about how many of those decisions do not involve money. Hardly any. Hardly any. Maybe I need to go get a bottle of water out of the refrigerator. Well, that involves money because somebody had to spend the money to buy the bottle of water. Uh, There's major money questions, minor money questions, but we try to help be that 
sounding board to the business owner of I've got a money question. I don't know if this is a good idea, a bad idea. Um, and then we work with them on that. So as far as the issues we deal with in general, we get asked to do way more than we're comfortable doing. Uh, and I think most CPAs, when they first start out, they say, oh, I'm going to do everything for everybody. And then you realize that's a really bad idea. So therefore comes the power five. I've got a Chris, I've got a Thalia, I've got a banker, I've got a lawyer. Let's work this as a team. Uh, works out much, much better. I don't get sued for trying to practice law as a CPA or anything uh, like that. I think that's a, a fantastic explanation. So, and how a, a real, a, a true testament to how important the Power Five is, is in, in my profession, especially, it's, it's paramount to be able to have not only the, the, the sign off of the CPA, but also the collaboration and have that resource, that partner that knows the ins and outs of those important components. Cause most business owners don't understand how much those different components overlap. Mm-hmm. You can't do one without having the other. And to go back to your, you know, grabbing a water bottle out of the refrigerator, that's going to, that includes everything from owning the refrigerator, buying the refrigerator, paying the electric bill, keeping right. the lights on and all those different components that, that most people, they make those decisions, especially business owners. You make them so quickly that you, they become second nature. You don't even think about it. And that, that really carries over to. And, and to we get business. into a lot of discussions closer to the end of the year. We try to encourage all of our business owners to do some kind of a tax estimate. Let's see where you are. And, and, of course, everybody says, should I, should I do this? Should I do that? And my first question is, are your books current? We kind of harp on this. How do you know if you need more or you need less unless your books are current, unless you know really how you're doing? So uh, once we can get the books current, we can do some tax estimate. Then we can do some tax planning. But a lot of it is uh, go buy a vehicle, go buy a new truck, go, you know, we, t- we tell people if you need something, get it. If you don't need it, don't get it. If your tax rate's 30%, you're spending a buck to save 30 cents. To me, that makes no sense to buy something you don't really need. So let's buy things you need for your business. If you don't need them, pay the 30 cents and let's move on. I I was amazed at two things from that comment. One, how many people don't do an end-of-year tax estimate whenever they get to, say, the fourth quarter. Um, and And I find more often than not it's because their books aren't up to date. Their books aren't current, and they they think that it's you know futile uh, or it's a waste of time to waste the CPA's time as well as theirs. Um, but resistance then, is futile, right? Exactly, because the tax man is coming either way. So, <laughs> well, and and the second part was my grandfather used to say, "Cutting off your nose to spite your face." Mm-hmm. You know, spending a dollar to save thirty cents. Yeah. So I find I have found a large percentage of business owners are given. I wouldn't say wrong instructions, but maybe not absolutely suitable instructions to spend money on stuff that they don't need. Uh, I can think of one that was told to re-asphalt his parking lot mm-hmm. uh, when there was absolutely no, no need for it. So, and it was, I, I told him, I said, you know, you just spent $30,000 to save seven. Yeah. I said, that's just doesn't make sense to me. So, but it, it, it comes back to kind of the end of year planning and the preemptive planning and making sure that those things. So do you find that a lot of business owners run into that issue where they don't have 
those books in order. It's taxes. I always say are there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and the tax year is really just the middle. Mm-hmm. The beginning aspect is the year prior, and the end is kind of the gathering. What it what what did we do this past year, and how can we make changes to not have that right. issue again? Because if you were to come to me today and we did a tax estimate, a 2020 tax estimate for you today, there's nothing you can do about it. We can come up with an answer, but it's going to be worthless to you other than it's not going to be a surprise when it happens. The planning needs to happen in the tax year like you're talking about, so you got time to do something about it. And that becomes, in my mind, that reassessment, how you kind of do a – a checkup, a mid-year mm-hmm. checkup, you know, like you have a physical to see how your body's doing. So you do that with your business as well. And sometimes for some people, depending on how their calendar year or their quarters go, it could be right after tax season to start looking at, oh, man, I had to pay $10,000 this year. I don't want to do that next year. So that may trigger at that time the tax planning or tax estimate right. thought process to avoid that shock the next year some for some people they're like oh man i got the money good let me pay and get over with let me get back to making the donuts making the donuts and then they look up again and it's september october november oops i thought i was going to and they didn't so doing that annual checkup or semi-annual checkup or quarterly checkup to put a, a, a pulse put your finger on the pulse of your business it would be critical to help with the tax planning so that they don't get that shock mm-hmm. at the end of the year or at tax time which is basically what you're encouraging them to do. Let's do it before the shock comes. Right. We don't like surprises. Mm-hmm. And most of our clients don't like surprises. So, Chris, if I'm doing your stuff and you're going to owe a lot of money, I want you to know about it as soon as possible so that you have time to prepare. You may not want to tell We have a lot of, I shouldn't even say this, we have a lot of clients that don't like to tell their spouse. It's like, don't tell my spouse. You know, you owe this, where can I get this money? But I can't tell my spouse because they'll kill me, you know. And that comes with buying something you weren't supposed to buy because you didn't really need it. Yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> they and have could, no money left over because they bought toys. Right, and you can't hide that because at the end of the year when the books come out, okay, where did this 10000 or 5000 or whatever, thousands go? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you see what had happened was, and that's where what happened was <laughs> that's where those discussions come in where spouses don't want their other half to know. So, yeah, it's good that they can able be able to say, OK, this is where the money is gone so I can see it and be prepared. So there are no surprises. Well, and that's, you know, we I always associate it with something that's familiar to everyone. And I talk about people's health or people's a, a, a car. So if you maintain a car, your vehicle and you get the oil changes and you go in for the scheduled tune-ups and different things like that. You, you're aware of different things that are coming down the pike that you're going to have to address. They're going to tell you, hey, your brakes are going to need to be done right. in the next four to six months. Whereas if you don't take it in and they don't, that person doesn't tell you the maintenance that needs to be completed, you might be driving down the road and your brakes go out. So that, you know, you slam into a wall, it's going to be much more costly to do the work after the fact where it could have been avoided had you gone in. And you commented on it earlier where you have a, a lot of clients that will that 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 don't necessarily want you to be honest to the spouse or there's different things that come out. Transparency is extremely important in the communication. And I found that a lot of my clients, there's a there's a there's an amount of shame associated with not keeping the proper books. And my father in law is a great example of 
not shame, but it's it, he's more of an example of he doesn't want to be responsible for it. He knows that he's not an accountant. He knows that he's not a financial planner. And he told me a long time ago, whenever I first met him, he said, he said, Chris, I'm a worker. I love doing what I do. And he said, I don't want to do all this other stuff. So do you find that a lot of business owners try to take on this work whenever one, they shouldn't because they're not qualified and two, they shouldn't because they don't want to do it. Yeah, we do, we do find cause they're trying to save a buck or mm-hmm. save a nickel. And what's funny is you'll see, and this is probably may sound a little sexist guys will want to start a business and they go, Oh, my wife can do the books. Anybody can do the books. My wife's going to do the, and the poor lady comes in shell shocked, overwhelmed, overwhelmed, has no idea <clears throat> what they're doing, how to do it, what direction to go. And the guy is off just doing, doing, yeah, doing gallivanting doing around, gallivanting, enjoying his life, assuming yeah. making everything's the donuts. great. And yeah. You're making the donuts mm-hmm. and the poor, uh, poor wife's having a nervous breakdown and he never notices. We see that over and over and well, over again. Well, I've, I've noticed that, that a lot of the time that happens because the, the woman um, is, is very responsible for the household finances. Mm-hmm. You know, there the in, in my life, my wife is the glue that holds everything together, and I'm a financial planner. But she is a sounding board, a litmus test, and she is the final say so on every dollar that we spend. Yeah. So, and it has nothing to do with the investment you know, aspect of it from a standpoint of whether or not it's a good investment. There's technical dynamics that 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 I would be more of a professional on, but when it comes down to the dollars and cents and the inflows and the outflows of the household. She's the final say so, mm-hmm. and it's only because, and primarily because she's she's more responsible. She she's she's a better person to make those decisions and be the final signature on the document. And we so. see that, like we're saying, a lot. If a lot of times both spouses will come into a meeting, a lot of times we'll have a, a new client starting a new company, and they'll just say, "You guys do the bookkeeping." And a lot of times we'll go, wait, 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 hold on just a second. Let's do this. Why don't you start doing some of the bookkeeping yourself? We'll help you. And then a year from now, we'll come back and talk about this again. We have a goal of, one, having this individual understand what's going on on the bookkeeping side, understand the issues understand that they've proven they can't can or cannot do it and then a year later when they talk they they, then they say okay i want you to do it they understand why our price is the price it is because they know how much work is involved and they understand some of the pitfalls and it the relationships work much better uh, when we take a tack like that that's a great tact i was going to say i'd never really considered that but most of the time, by the time I'm brought in, it's usually to fix something, and they kind of mm-hmm. they kind of notice we really shouldn't be doing this. Not only do we not want to, but I find whenever people don't want to do it, they don't properly address it. Right. So the, people will procrastinate, <clears throat> especially on things that they don't want to do, mm-hmm. just notoriously. So do you do you find that that happens a lot where? They'll go along with that strategy that you have, where they will they will take over. Um, or they'll run that aspect of it and then kind of hand it off to you once they figure out. And is it important that they do that also to see 
how much is involved. And so they, they can be a better communicator with you about what's going on in their business to make sure that you stay aware of. Definitely. It makes them a better communicator. Sometimes they'll say, I don't, you know, they still don't want to do it and they'll go hire some other book, somebody else to do their books. Huge percent of the time, those books are so hosed up by the end of the year that it take us quite a long time to get them straightened out. And again, they're glad for somebody to take them over that they feel confident in, that they trust. Yeah. Because the, the, the messes that get brought into us are mind-boggling at times. Give us a, a high-level example. Don't think too hard because I know you have 20 years plus to pick from, but just give us one that's been somewhat challenging. You gave them the instruction to, you know, do it for themselves for that year. We had, and I'll just obviously not mention any names, but we had a situation a year ago. People started a business. I won't even say what type of business because if they're listening, they'll know who they are. And they said, okay, here's the books. We look at those and said, that's just not good. It's a mm-hmm. mess. They're building out a building, borrowing money right and left, and and none of that was even included on the books at all. So we we start asking a lot of questions. They say, okay, stop working. They're going to go back and fix it. So we stop, give the books back. They work on them. Okay, they're all good. Send them back over. We start working, get the tax return <laughs> almost done, and they go, wait, 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 wait. There's a bunch of stuff still not in the books. So we give it back to them again. They go, whatever they're doing, send it back. We just we hurried up and finished the tax return before they could change the books again. And then this year, we got, they're saying, okay, do your taxes now. So we go look back into their books, and the ones that we used to prepare the tax return have all been changed. Oh, wow. So the. Yeah, that's not totally untypical, but it's a little unusual. Undoubtedly, but that makes it more challenging to prepare their taxes and get a really good view of their business because there's so much uncertainty, so much change that it's like we can't get a clear view of where you're going, what you've done or anything like that because there's too much change. Mm -hmm. Some change is good because if you want growth, you got to change. Obviously, with the pandemic, change has occurred, maybe not in the upward way, maybe in the downward way, but still, that change is anticipated. But what you're discussing here, what you mentioned here, is just manipulation. It is manipulation, bottom line. But change is expected, but you should see some consistency in that change or a pattern of change. We don't say manipulation. Oh, okay. We say adjustments. Adjustments, okay. Correct me. <laughs> adjustments. Boy, and, and so... I always, everyone here has been on a road trip, right? So you, you, you have a, you have a destination in mind where you're going. And if you always continue to have that destination in mind, the adjustments that you make throughout the course of that journey are taking a different road to avoid an accident Mm -hmm. or a trip, you know, making a more efficient choice on the road that you're going to take or a pit stop along the way or hitting a storm, whatever it may be but you still have the ultimate destination in mind. I think the the error usually comes in if you say, I want to go on a road trip, but you set no destination. Right, you you're just get change, in the car and start driving. Right, you're going to change destinations. You don't know where you're going, so you can't plan out the trip. And it doesn't have to be a you know, road-by-road, turn-by-turn navigation, but you need to set that destination and begin with the end in mind because in in 
both of our professions, I think we make assumptions, um, whether, whether good or bad on where a business is headed. So if you have an about face, you know, in one month and then three months later, you make a, a completely different change or you're, you're uncertain. Well, that, that just shows that there was a lack of kind of determination or due diligence on where you're headed and where you really want to go. So, and, and that's where you get those, those directional changes and correct me if I'm wrong. That's usually one of the things that raises concern, especially with institutions like the IRS or go, you know, governmental agencies mm-hmm. like the IRS is if you have a lot of these different changes, what's really going on in here, because you seeing something not right is going to probably flag them. Right. Cause consistency from year to year, the IRS <clears> is kind of like, yeah, okay. Uh, but if you're got big, huge million dollar profit this year, next year, you lose a million dollars, you, and then you're all over the place, then they, they love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they'll, they'll typically be calling and want to come see us. But you're talking about the, the road trip. That's a, an example we use in one of the, the webinars. Or we used to do workshops. Now we're doing webinars, whatever. But we talk about you write your business plan. And your business plan is you're going to go from Seattle to Dallas. Okay. And you get in the car and you start driving. It's a squirrel. And then all of a sudden, you know, now you're over here, now you're over here. You're in Idaho instead yeah, of coming and, and down. Yeah, you, and you look late, later and you're in Idaho and you're supposed to be in Dallas and you wonder what happened. We always encourage people, pull that business plan back out, pull out what you're, what you're following, your roadmap, your travel plans, and make sure you're on. Yeah, I understand side trips. I saw a cool waterfall, butterfly exhibit, whatever, the world's largest cheer, okay, uh, let's pull off and look at those, but let's get back on the road to Dallas. Yeah, the important part is that you notice it whenever you get to Idaho as opposed to noticing it whenever you're in Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, and the sooner that you can adjust um, your route, the the quicker you will be back on track. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That so. sounds good. I think the challenge is recognizing when you're off track. Right. Because that squirrel is so attractive or it's so enamoring, that means you weren't necessarily focused in the first place. And that becomes a challenge when you're trying to get from point A to point B. If you're not focused already so that those distractions won't take you off on those side journeys. Oh, that's nice to look at, nice squirrel, cute, fuzzy, whatever, but I'm moving forward. Mm-hmm. Some of that is that inside determination to reach from point A to point B. And the squirrel is nice, but it's not going to distract me or derail me from getting from point A to point B. Some people have timelines in their business plan. They have a timeline. You know, they have a one-year goal, a three-year goal, a five-year goal. The challenge obviously becomes not getting distracted during that first year because of that first year you got everything coming at you, things you didn't expect, things you didn't know about, things you couldn't anticipate. Usually by the third year you have some sort of groove going with your cycle. You know, you know the ebbs and the flows unless something like COVID-19 occurs. Then you, you can't anticipate that. But even still, you can recognize some ebbs and flows. So that helps prepare you to stay more focused. You won't go off on the side rail and end up in Canada when you're supposed to be in Dallas. Well, in the Power Five, you know, one of the things that we talk about is what your role is in your business. So if, if on January one or a week before the year begins, you communicate what these goals are and what the business plan is, you're going to have multiple different professionals and people in your organization moving toward that goal. And they know that if they don't hit that goal, that 
it's not going to be good for them that they're that you know there's a there's a risk associated with not hitting whatever the goal that is and if they know that if they base their goal off what your ultimate goal is that they're building toward that so if you shift your goal midway through the year you may have those people going left when you're going right so it's it's from a standpoint of it's important for you to stay on goal. It's also important for you if you do make a legitimate change in what your what your plan is that you communicate it to all the people that you previously communicated that goal to. Yeah, because everybody else is still right. going to Dallas. Yeah. So, and if you shift gears and say, "I want to," I, I really actually do want to head to Canada. Well, you're going to get there, and no one that was on the same page or in the same car with you at the time is going to be there with you. And it's going to cost them a lot. It's going to cost a lot more money and time to get them where they need to be um, in terms of your business and whatever. You know, if they're targeting specific clients that you you shifted goals and said, I don't want to target those clients anymore in June. Well, they're going to spend the remainder of that year and you're going to look up in December and wonder why. Right. So <clears throat> so keeping everyone on the same page is, is imperative to making sure your business is going to be where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So even if it's a, a goal change. So, so tell me a little bit more. You know, one of the things that they always tell you in business is, is what is your niche? What are your clients? What kind of clients do you like to deal with? I've always personally had a real hard time defining that. So, but a lot of, a lot of attributes, one of the things that we've implemented most recently is looking at people based on attributes. What attributes do they have that we really aspire to work with? So if you were to kind of look at your, favorite clients from an attribute standpoint, what are some of those things that a good client for a CPA does? What are the things that will make that client or make the people listening know that, Hey, I'm doing what I need to be doing to make my CPA happy. We love it when they try to make us happy. It's absolutely. That's what, that's what you want as a professional. So, cause you, you really, uh, at least I do, I seek approval mm-hmm. from my clients so and I, I generate referrals from approval from my clients. So word of mouth, that's how everybody on this podcast probably wants to do business. That comes from approval. So how do we know that we can get that approval? And it's really hard to ask clients, hey, am I doing a good job? What could I do better? You know, a lot of right. business owners don't do that well. But from a client standpoint, you kind of – we always want to make those people happy because they work harder for us whenever we're making them happy. You got it. So and- – our niche is, is kind of a sideways niche. Typically, when you say somebody's got a niche, you think, oh, they do restaurants or they do some industry. Our niche is the, the owner and the people. I don't care what industry that you're in. You could be a trucking company. You could be a plumber. You could be an architect. I don't really care. What we look at is the individual. Can we work with this person? Is this person willing to listen to us? Will they do what we say? Can we collaborate? Can we work together? That's what we, our niche, is, if you want to use that term, is more who we work with, uh, not what we are, what industry. Let me, I'll just give you an example, and Chris, you, you'll know who I'm talking about, is we had a client that we'd had for several years, and the uh, owner, he was the owner of several businesses, a partner in several of them, and he found out he was, was not going to be living very long, much longer. And the relationship we had with him is he decided that he wanted us to basically take over and close out all these businesses. They were getting to the end of their life anyway. Uh, 
So we had a series of, I went and just sat in front of him, almost like an apprentice, and he would download verbally or mentally, here's the story behind this, here's this person, here's what they did. And we'd go for about 30 minutes to an hour, and he would exhaust himself, basically, and we'd go back and do it again. But he was setting us up to help his wife, who was going to inherit all of this, uh, and this is one of the situations where the Power Five comes into play. Call Chris. I said, Chris, we've got some needs on your side. Uh, there's going to be some money passing in here, some investments that we need you to work with. We had attorneys involved as we're talking with multiple entities that are currently operating. Uh, being They're going to be collapsed. They're going to be closed down. We were dealing with another CPA in Dallas who dealt primarily in foreign transactions because a lot of the partners and the owners of some of these were were from other countries. So we're collaborating with lawyers, with investment advisors, with, uh, I'll say another, other CPA, almost said attorneys, but that's the same as lawyer, but, uh, other CPAs to pull together a team of people that helped this individual out and then helped his wife, uh, move on from that. And we've got another situation very similar to that happening right now as we speak. It's just, I don't know, part, part of it is a great honor to be considered somebody that they would like to dump this information off to. And from our standpoint, we feel a great responsibility. To, we're going to do this one right. We're going to give them the time and the attention that they need the level of trust between the client and us is incredible, and that's really what we're looking for. And you become that POC. Mm-hmm. You become that point of contact, that apex to help distribute the information for that particular client. Because when I was listening to you, I'm hearing you say, we had to do this, we had to connect with this, we had to connect with them, versus them reaching out to you saying, we need to connect, you connect. You were like the quarterback yep. on the team, basically throwing the ball, calling the plays, making sure that all the pieces work together to achieve the end goal, which was to make his transition mm-hmm. easier and his wife's life smoother as well after he had left. Because she was already going to be traumatized. Mm-hmm. But then to have all of the weight of everything else on her was almost too much for him to think about. So he trusted you enough, and then you started calling the plays. You started calling shots, calling in Chris, dealing with the other attorneys, CPA, so on and so forth, which gave him peace of mind and also gave her great comfort, I'm sure, as well. But then you thought about, too, how am I being helpful to this client? This is almost going above and beyond to some capacity, but then it's within the capacity of the CPA and what he does because he's normally what? The quarterback mm-hmm. of that business owner's team. And yeah. we, we try very hard to recognize what we don't know and then go get professional help in those situations too. Yeah, because – you know, you don't you don't want the quarterback running down the field. You know, trying to trying to score a touchdown, making a, making a run like that. Yeah. They're, they're going to get obliterated. Yeah, I'm not so. the quarterback that's going to run every down because you get hit. Yeah, so, <laughs> but, and that hurts. And hurt. You see them get hurt all the time. When you and you have the ability to make that decision, you, you audible different things and not to get too you know bogged down in the analogy. But um, it's it's important that you have that person that's that's spearheading the effort. So because all of those other professionals, I've been tied into multiple email threads where 
I had to jump outside of the email thread, reach out to the client directly and say, look, you're going to need somebody to quarterback this because you, you do not want to invite seven professionals that are, that, that are very good in their, in their particular wheelhouses at their, you know, forte, because each one, not one of them is going to respond to the email. They're going to wait for somebody to come forward and say, this is the plan. And if you don't do it, it won't get done because no one's going to step up and say, I'm going to take it because they're going to constantly wonder about what you want to accomplish. And if you don't make that determination, so case in point, I, I got tied into an email thread um, by a, a, a family contact of mine who was dealing with a, a sister who had dementia, whose um, previous, very recently deceased husband had investments all over the place. And they were in, very non-liquid assets. So there was a, there was a, it was an email thread between the, the, the deceased husband's accountant, a, an attorney that they know quote in air quotes that didn't, hadn't done any work. The, the investment advisor that had the illiquid assets and then me, the financial planner. And I've, and all of these people were on this email thread. Mm -hmm. So in, in, and it was, Hey, can you guys help with this? (laughs) So mm. yeah, and and most most business owners and most people that we get reach out, it's 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 that process of identifying what the problem is, where we're trying to go, and then coordinating the different parties. And so often, the CPA is the lead on that because we have transparency. I, I will tell you more often than not, CPAs, um, myself included, with financial plan and financial planning. We have a we have more transparency, more communication than some people's priests or doctors. Mm-hmm. They're going to tell us things that we. Speaking of that, we've actually been credited with saving marriages. Oh yeah, uh, we sp- <laughs> <laughs> we spend a lot of time navigating the whole. Yeah, I mean it's it's you get them to talk to each other and 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 literally we've had two different times people say, "Thank you, you have literally saved our marriage." And one, I, there's some we've broken up, but yeah. I'm sure we didn't do one. Good. Uh, what's the statistic? How many? How many? How many divorces end because of financial troubles? Sixty percent, I believe. Oh, I believe it's sixty or sixty plus percent. So, and most of the time, would you agree that it's a lack of communication? It's not. A, it's not a. It's not a, a marriage ending problem. It's a lack of communication. It's one wants to go one way because of their reasons. The other one wants to go the other way because of their reasons. Neither one is communicating, and neither one of them know the rules. And do the majority of them have the same end in mind? Yes. That's And that, to me, is the most interesting thing, is that there's a great book called um, uh, Crucial Conversations. So, And it's, it, it, it talks about people involved in 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 a in a conversation that if you can agree on what the end goal is and we see this in politics you see not to drag this into here but pretty much everyone has the same goal at the end of the day they want to make sure their family's protected they want to make sure that they can live a comfortable life and they want to help out their fellow man how they get there is the question and everyone's views differ on how to get there but to go back to the husband and wife example or the marriage example they have the same end goal. They want to make sure they have a roof over their head, food in their stomachs that their kids are taken care of. Right. So, and, and the CPA is, unfortunately, I know you probably don't want to hear this. It, they're, 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 if not, they're one, if not the most important role in that relationship in my mind. So 
So, so I think you already hit kind of on the second question, the, one of the other questions that I was going to ask, which is what are some of the bad attributes of clients and that you try to avoid, which is, I think, the lack of transparency. But if you want to touch base on that one, that would be great too. Yeah, and, and I don't know how to say this properly, but some people think they know everything and they don't want to take advice. They, if you can give them advice, but no, 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 I'm going to go do it this way. We typically don't get along very well with those people. And if we, if we don't identify that attribute up front, obviously we try to, but a year or so into the relationship, we identify that attribute. We basically cut ties with them. It's just, it's too disruptive to the staff. It's too disruptive to all relationships. Uh, we want to work with people who want to work with us. We're big into educating. We want our clients to understand. I know some PA, CPAs want to keep their clients in the dark so the CPAs get more work, more credit. It's like, not me. I prefer the clients to know what we're talking about. Going back to the QuickBooks or the bookkeeping example we talked about earlier, try it yourself. Learn that you don't know what you think you know. Then you're much more willing to listen. You're much more willing to learn. And I think that's way beyond the bookkeeping realm. That same concept works for whatever it might be. I'm teaching my son to to ride his bike without training wheels, and I found that instructing him to do something is much more impactful after he falls on his face uh, doing something else. Yes. So <laughs> scar so tissue has a way of doing the, that to you. Those yeah. le- well, those lessons learned the hard way are the most most. But so most so much learned. of that, from our perspective, is that we'll teach you how to fish, so that you can prepare and take care of yourself. We'll be on the journey with you other than just giving you a fish and say, here, go away. One key, those, those professionals or CPAs specifically that might keep their clients in the dark, I find that the ones that communicate better and teach them what they're doing, I always tell people that you need to know what's going on because if I got you into it, somebody else can sell you something else to get you out of mm-hmm. it if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. But those people become better advocates for you. So because they know what you're doing, they know how important it is, and they can explain, and the people that they're explaining it to may look at them like, dude, you're crazy. I can't believe that you do that. I don't. I have somebody that does that. You should be doing it too, probably. You just reminded me of a story. I'm full of stories. I love stories. Some of them stories are good. Are Some of them I make up. You know, <laughs> Those but, are the best. Uh, we have a client who uh, owns a trucking company, and the truck manufacturers know this, know this guy's character, so they'll drive up in a brand-new, shiny truck. And they'll come in the front door dangling the keys and say, would you like to drive it around? Would you like to look at it? And we've, got, we've had this guy for probably 20 years as a client, so he, he knows to call us. And he says, they're here again. <laughs> <laughs> they're here with the truck. What do I do? And, and, and then do? we say, put them on the phone. Who keeps letting them in the <laughs> gate? <laughs> so. We say, put them on the phone. So we will then talk to these people and say, no, he's got plenty of trucks right now. He's got two sitting out, not being, whatever it might be. And, and it's funny. And then they'll go away and then they'll come back and try to catch him again. Uh, and then there's also um, the, there's a thing called factoring where people try to like buy your accounts receivable. Uh, this particular company wanted, they just would never give up on trying to sell him on this factoring concept. In fact, they would send out a very nice looking lady 
to sell it to him. And and when we get the same thing, she's here again. I can't tell her no. You talk to her. <laughs> but it's that kind of relationship that we love. The client sees an issue. He knows we can help. Here's the phone. You talk to him. You guys help take care of me. But that shows trust also. Yes, it does. Which you've managed to build over being that problem solver for that particular company. I mean, you've probably rescued them more than many times as you could even think of. And that built a level of trust with you so that they could call, hey, they're here again. Mm-hmm. Here, they're here again. Talk to them. Because yeah. I know my weakness, but I also can trust you to take care of me because you have my best interest at heart. Well, and so many people don't like conflict, right? That's understandable. So if they can pawn off being the bad guy on someone else. Yeah, and we're willing to do that. I we have do that, it all the time. I tell people that all the time. I say, make me the bad guy. Yeah. Because we will have more clients that have a family member that needs money. And how, how it's difficult to tell a family member that they can't have money. No, it's not. So it's not. See, <laughs> see, you're one of the exceptions to the rule. No, it's not. So it's, it's in, in most people, you see people co-signing on loans. You see people giving money to family members when, or you, worse yet, you see people funding a business to keep a business from failing mm-hmm. that from, from, and dollars coming from people that don't have the dollars to give regardless of what they think. So they they have a problem saying no, and the world has a problem with saying no a lot of the time these days. Mm-hmm. So having that person there to insulate them and have those hard, those difficult conversations and establish those boundaries on behalf of the client is imperative because you get – I'm, I'm guilty of being an impulse buyer for myself. Mm-hmm. So, But I can tell you uh, at least a 100 times where I've been called into – say no to a family member and say, no, I'm sorry, it's inappropriate. We can't do that. Because if we do this, this is what will happen. This is what the cost is. You may think it's X amount of dollars up front, but this is how much it will cost us in the long run. It's that ripple, that rock in the pond with the ripple. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, So as a business owner who has those different professionals, you also have inherently in that person a bad guy. So where... Or a bad a bad person. I don't want to say guy. You don't know these days, but but it's one of those people that can that can insulate you from those other people that seek to derail you from whatever your goal is. So agreed, agreed. So David, any last caveats? Any last information? Tidbits? Advice? Guidance? You want to give us? Give the audience? I think that if there's anything, is don't be afraid to ask, and and don't try to do it all yourself. You need a team. You need your power five. Some people need a power six, seven. Some people need a power 20, you know. But you need a team of people. Uh, and I hate to paraphrase, but, you know, you've heard the term, it takes a um, village to raise a child, kind of. a. It takes a power five to make a business successful. Don't be afraid to ask for help. That's what we're here for. We're here to help you. Feel free to ask. So how do we get in contact with you? You can reach us at admin at com is our email. Uh, we have a website, plemonscpa.com. Plemons is P-L-E-M-O-N-S. All of our bunch of pictures, a lot of stuff about what we do is on there. Obviously, we do podcasts. Uh, I appreciate Chris hosting a lot of these. It's it's a, It's fun to watch other people do stuff and I don't have to. So, 
And our phone number is 210-615-9300. Easy to get a hold of us. Definitely, definitely. Well, we want to thank Chris Hall of Pontum Financial, connecting your financial dots, for co-hosting with us today. Once again, this is the hustle, juggle, and struggle of small business. We will chat with you soon. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Appreciate it. For more information about any of our guests, or if you have questions and comments, please email us at admin at plemonscpa.com. And don't forget to check out our website, plemonscpa.com for upcoming events and workshops in San Antonio. David B. Plemons CPA Inc. is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. policy. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or their concepts or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the views of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. or any of its officials. You should always consult your own investment advisors, attorneys, and accountants before making any decisions concerning your financial matters. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our office. Chris Hall is a partner with Pontum Financial and offers securities and investment products and services through Waddell and Reed Incorporated, WRI, member FINRA slash SIPC. Pontum Financial is a separate entity from WRI. Waddell and Reed is not affiliated with David C. Plemons CPA. Waddell and Reed Financial Advisors are able to offer insurance products through arrangements Waddell and Reed has made with outside insurance companies. The information presented on this podcast is solely for informational purposes and is not to be constructed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any financial product or service mentioned. Any opinions expressed are those of Chris Hall and are subject to change based on market and other conditions. For more detailed information regarding any of the topics discussed on today's podcast, please call 210-625-4845 or visit pontumfinancial.com. Waddell and Reed does not offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a professional prior to making any financial decisions. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.